1: You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy Ott, along with Jonathan Von Tobel, talking some NBA. JVT, you like a little NBA. I know that. How much time did you devote uh, to the, uh, the Visan uh, preseason guide, man? I know you, you love this. This is your passion.
0: Yeah, I like doing it every year. It's our fourth one. So I'm, I'm looking forward to next year because five is kind of a milestone. But it uh, took, took a little bit over a month and a half, you know, all combined to do everything. I think in total, my word doc says two, 22,267 words. So um, it's it's a beast, but I think it's really good. I enjoy doing it. And selfishly, I like doing it too, Jimmy, because I get ready for the season, right? So it kind of kills yes. two birds with one stone. So uh, I am a, I'm very proud of it every single year. I think we uh, make it better every single year. And I think that is the case again for this year. Very
1: good. Uh, well done. It's very it's uh, it's extensive, uh, no doubt, uh, and uh, definitely worth uh, reading. And will help you just help prepare you for some things and to kind of uh, anticipate some things as well. Um, it's kind of like preseason guides are kind of like analytics. Then you have to pay more attention to what's happening in the season. But some things should not surprise you, and some things maybe are, are a bit of a surprise. And we'll start with that because JVT. Not all of the future bets in the NBA have to take have to take place before the games, before the league actually starts. Win totals, yes, but there's adjusted win totals. We get that. But, man, some in-season, in recognizing trends, it's just like a stock. Recognizing right when they're starting to take off or they're about to take off, they're getting a key piece back, going through a soft schedule, a ton of different variables, Teams within their division that have had key injuries, the indirect uh, approach. I know that's something that you've jumped on uh, the past couple of years.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I wrote about this in the guide. If you look at it from a future standpoint, right, let's take last year, for example. I had the Celtics at 66 to one to win the NBA Finals. I bet that at early portion of January, somewhere in there. Now, part of it was an off market number. And that's something I want to stress, Jimmy, to a lot of people who are listening to this. A lot of NBA betting and preseason betting and generally future betting, too. One of my big things is I will look for off-market numbers, right? and all of those things cuz you want to get some good value. But to your point, you get off-market numbers and during the midst of a season because the Celtics were 66 to 1 to win the NBA Finals at one point last year. Grabbed it, they made it to the NBA Finals. Did they win it? No, but you're in the NBA Finals with the 66 to 1 ticket. Uh the uh, the Atlanta Hawks, the year they made their run to the Eastern Conference Finals, they bottomed out at 65 to 1 to win the conference. The Miami Heat, the year in the bubble when they lost uh, to the Lakers, they were eighty to one. I had a ticket on them. I bet it in December. So my point is just keep track of the ebbs and flows of the season. Make sure you're going out, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, and looking at some of these books and operating, especially at Bet Rivers, and keep track of a lot of those futures because there's ebbs and flows and there's injuries and all sorts of things and little things change. You know the reason why I bet the Celtics, Jim, is because one they were playing kind of well over the short the course of a nine game sample size. But there's also a report that Ime Udoka had changed Robert Williams' defensive assignments and that he was going to play a little bit more of a different role. And those subsequent games, they were dominant defensively and looked like a team that were going to be a little bit better. But I would say yes. Like, I do have a lot of preseason futures, whether it's win totals, whether it's to win a title. But I think a vast majority of it happens in the midst of the year. I even had a Dallas Mavericks 14-1 to ticket to win the Western Conference last year. You know, those little things like that. That's what you want to jump on in the midst of a year.
1: And, and look, if you don't cash when you got uh, a price like that, I had them 18 to one and I certainly yeah. uh, did some hedging uh, in the, uh, and then I had some sort of adjusted approaches. Um, it was probably the middle, maybe two games into the second round series for the Golden State Warriors. I'm like, um, hell, hell with them! You get a much better price on Steph Curry to win the MVP than you are for them to well, get it. Now that close that narrowed as we went mm-hmm. on. To basically was the same when it was clear if they win it, he's winning it. But you can take advantage of of, of those uh, little things uh, as well. So yeah, you get to you get to the finals at uh, sixty six to one. Uh, shame on you if you don't show a profit uh, at, at that point. Speaking of the East, you mentioned uh, Adoka, the Celtics, one of the co-favorites cool with the Bucks in the East, defending Eastern Conference champions. How much of that uh, dampens your spirits or your confidence level on betting the Celtics?
0: You know, for me, it's not actually that much. I think really okay. what's lost in all of the Udoka stuff is the fact that Robert Williams had knee surgery and he's going to be out for 8 to 12 weeks. That's the thing that affects the Boston Celtics a little bit more than Ime Udoka's absence. You know, one of the things that I pointed out when I was writing about the Boston Celtics uh, during the for the NBA guide, if you look at some of their numbers, Jimmy, throughout the regular season, uh, we're talking about a team that finished well into the bottom of the half. They were 26th in both offensive efficiency and net rating in clutch minutes. That That is games within five points, five Few minutes left to go it's a sign of coaching and we saw that in the nba finals right they could not do anything to scheme up some sort of offense against the golden state warriors they were a bottom half team in terms of points out of timeouts last season That's a sign of coaching as well so i'm not sure you doka really moves the needle he did a great job that's not to take away anything from it but for me the more impactful thing that happened to the offseason is that your best defensive player had to undergo knee surgery and he could be out for up to 12 weeks because when you're talking about betting over win totals right and you're t- like 53 and a half somewhere in that range. That makes a difference if your best defensive player is not going to be out there for the beginning of the season. That can make the difference between one or two games that you're not going to get to go over that number. Let me ask you this, though, JVT.
1: Um, is it more the roster that bought in to play on the defensive side of the floor? Or was it Adoka who got he got these players to be committed on the defensive side of the floor? Because that's not <laughs> – everybody's trying to do it uh, easier yep. said than done in this uh, player-driven NBA.
0: I think he deserves some credit for that. But when you're talking about the, the big schematic change that he made, which was, you know, the beginning of the year, Robert, Sell, Robert Williams was their five, and he still is their five. But defensively, that means being at the point of attack of a lot of pick and rolls. Instead, he was like, you know what? We're going to put you on the worst player on the four, and you're just going to come in, and you're going to crash, and you're going to help, and you're going to do all these things with your athleticism. And that's what ultimately made the difference there. So I think you get them to buy in, or in schematically you make changes that make things better for your team. Either way, like that team was one of the best defensive teams, and they're still going to be. Like the personnel's still there. You alluded that they add Malcolm Brogdon; he's going to be absolutely fantastic. This is a team that is going to be up there again in terms of their ability to defend other squads. It's just like when you're talking about those future white prices that are already baked, probably a little too high, right? Because they're a public team. That's where I think you look to look under the total for the Boston Celtics.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt uh, when a team makes that run. And keep in mind, also, one thing that Celtics, not just starting out with Williams, but when you play the most games in the league, and yep. they in the Golden State played the most games in the league last year, sometimes it's a little bit of a slower start, more of a pace yourselves, um, and, and kind of uh, just pick their spots when they want to try and uh, 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 you know ramp up the intensity. You, you're not crazy about any of the teams to win the Eastern Conference or, uh, or the NBA from the East. But there is a shot. There's a team, and there's some, some transitions there. But uh, Joel Embiid, it's his team, no doubt about that. The uh, They finally break up him and Ben Simmons. Uh, Philadelphia is seven to one to win the win the East, fourteen to one to win the NBA. Why, if you were to take a shot, you would go on to, uh, you go with the Sixers here, JVT?
0: I um uh, I completely believe in this roster, Jimmy. I love what the Philadelphia 76ers did in the offseason. Uh, this is now. We're, let's talk about the additions first because PJ Tucker is here. The Anthony Melton comes over. Daniel House, Ma- Montrez Harrell. This is a team that, if you looked at their numbers statistically, when Ben Simmons or excuse me, uh, Freudian slip, uh, w- when Joel Embiid left the floor. They dropped off completely. Now, last season, 76ers went from an offensive rating of 116.9 to 109.7 when he was off of the floor. They were outscored by 3.4 points per 100 possessions without him there. That's a really big deal for a team that's supposed to be competing for an NBA title. If one guy leaves the floor, granted, it's one of the best players in the NBA, and all of a sudden, become a very below average team. Him and James Harden are going to be really well together again or play really well together again. Their numbers when they were on the floor with one another were incredible, plus 15.8 net rating and 124.1 points per 100 possessions when Embiid and Harden played together. They were awesome. So now you get Tyrese Maxey, who broke out. He's going to be great. You add P.J. Tucker, who is a fantastic on-ball defender and corner three-point shooter. You give yourself a good guard off of the bench and De'Anthony Melton, who can defend and also run your offense. Remember, you averaged 10 points per game for Memphis last year and well over 25 minutes per game. De'Anthony Melton's great. And then a three and D piece like Daniel House and a Montrez Harrell, who they, that's the biggest weakness for Philly, I think, Jimmy. Their backup center is still kind of an enigma. You don't know what's going to happen there. Harrell is by no means a rim protector, but he's really dynamic on offense. But I think as a whole, when you look at their potential starting five and the depth that they added here and addressing a lot of the weaknesses, I think there's a very strong argument to be made that Philadelphia, when the 82 games are played out, They are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, They're maybe the best team in the Eastern Conference. But still, I think they're going to be a dynamite regular season team. And those odds are going to start to shrink. So if you're talking about betting them at 14 to 1, I think that's that's a lone preseason price that might be worth having in your pocket for a while because I think they're going to be a dominant regular season team. And that thing's only going to shrink.
1: Well, you know, Embiid might be worth a, a look at MVP as well because a little carryover effect. You know, with the voters for these awards are real reluctant to give back to back in the extent. we could whether it were the days of Michael Jordan, whether it's the Heisman, whatever. Embiid has some carryover because he's been so close. So if he's uh, if he's there, uh, and I think he also was more committed to uh, get his conditioning, which allowed him to play more games. And so, and you know, playing the amount of games is big in that one as well. All right, looking at one of the regular uh, contributions, a team that's been really good for a long period of time, but the Miami Heat, you have your concerns about them this year. Their win total is at 49 and a half.
0: Yeah, well, they, they just got worse, right? Like that's part of the problem here is Miami got worse, and yet their market is still floating around that 50 win range. And that's I think a problem when you're looking at it from betting from it, say, a season long perspective. As I mentioned, PJ Tucker, he's a Philadelphia 76er now. So now that's when your primary defenders who aren't going to be there anymore. Tyler Hero is gonna go from the bench to your starting unit as a result. And Caleb Martin, who hey, look, he played in Nevada, he's a great player. I liked I watched him up close out here in Las Vegas when you come out here. Love the guy and his twin brother. But the problem is, is that he's six foot five and he's slated to potentially be your primary starting power forward. It's a little bit of a problem. And then when you look at their bench, their primary scorers probably going to be uh, Victor Oladipo, who someone could argue, well, he was a, he was great in the regular season statistically. Sure, that was over the course of eight games. If you look at his postseason stats, he was an inefficient mess who didn't really contribute that much for the Miami Heat. So now you extrapolate that out over 82 games or however many he's going to play. Not sure if he's the best uh, the best uh, person to come off the bench for them. You have Max Struess, you have Gabe Vincent fine players but like that to me is a really big problem Jimmy like this is a team that had a dynamite corner shooter and good defensive piece and PJ Tucker a power forward and you had Tyler Hero coming off of the bench You remove him, you put 20 points per game off of the bench and into the starting lineup. That's maybe one of the weaker benches, I think, in the Eastern Conference among the contenders. I think that's a little bit of a problem. And then you factor in that they're priced the way that they are, right? Win total of 49 and a half. One of the contenders in the Eastern Conference. When the Eastern Conference around them has gotten much better, including their own division mate, the Atlanta Hawks. For me, all those things put together, I'm going to bet under 49 and a half. I think, not that this team's going to be like 500 or worse. But I think that they're rated a little too high, given where their roster is at at this point.
1: Sixteen games over five hundred, and you're still cashing a ticket at forty nine and thirty three uh, on the season. So uh, the Miami Heat and 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 when to get on them and when to get off of them. I had them that year to win the East in the bubble. They did get home for me at a very yep. nice price at sixteen to one. There, you had them uh, also uh, that particular year. Uh, at what point did you buy into them that year as
0: well? No. It was December, and, and you know it's funny. The reason why I bought into them, actually, if you remember that year, they were an insanely good home team. I think by the time I had bet them, they were like like sixteen and three or four, something like that at home. Like they'd been playing really well. It looked like they were going to finish with the top seed, like top four. And I was like, you know what, 81, this is only going to shrink. They're going to play pretty well. And they're a good home court team. Like, this might be something that's very much worth grabbing because they could have a really good seed. And it's ironic, right? Because I grabbed it. That was part of my thinking. And they ended up making it to the finals on a neutral setting. Uh, but still, that was the reason why. They were a really good team that year. And about 80-1 to was in December. The market hadn't really adjusted or caught up to how good they were.
1: So looking at the odds at Bet Rivers to win the Southeast Division in the NBA, Miami, is minus one ninety five. Got to lay one ninety five to win the division. So if you think there's going to be a drop off, there's some value, and you've identified the Atlanta Hawks at plus one seventy as a as a shot to win the Southeast Division.
0: Yeah, I mean, and for those who don't know, like these prices, they all have implied probability. To say that the the Heat have a I think, what is it now? I'm looking at my sheet. 66.1% chance to win this division. It's a little extreme, especially yeah. because DeJounte Murray, right, is is now in the division. And I think there's a lot of people, Jimmy, who believe that, like, look, Atlanta, hey, man, there's only one ball. How is this going to work? Well, they said that about Brooklyn, and what fell apart was the personalities. When they all three of those guys were on the floor together, it's one of the best offenses we've ever seen. They were incredible. And I think DeJounte Murray and Trey Young are going to work together. Trey Young is a very short sample size because he's so ball dominant, but he was over 40% on catch and shoot three point attempts last year. Their metrics in terms of Trey Young off of cuts and dribble handoffs, those all worked out really well. A lot of the off ball stuff, like numbers wise, Trey Young graded out really well. And I think that's only going to get better with a scorer like DeJounte Murray. And while DeJounte Murray, I think a lot of people are pointing to the fact that he's an inconsistent three point shooter, he only shot 36% on catch and shoot three point attempts last year. Playing off ball is way more than just catching and shooting three-point shots. It's cuts. It's running. It's moving. DeJounte Murray is really good at that. He's also a solid defender. DeAndre Hunter is going to be a solid defender if he can stay healthy, as we very much know. And Clint Capella is a really good rim protector. And I like their bench a lot. There's a reason why they took care of Onyeka Okongwu. Bogdan Bogdanovich, if he's going to stay healthy, is a very good guard. I think if you're arguing, they kind of fall off. They're like seven and a half deep and maybe want a little bit more in terms of really solid production. But I think when you're looking at the chances of them winning this division, given how good they could be if they're staying healthy in comparison to what the market is saying, I think there's some value in that. I think they have a much better shot at winning that division. I think Trey Young and DeJounte Murray are going to work really well together, and it's just a play on the number. I thought this was going to be much shorter than plus 175. So for me, that's a value play, and I grabbed it.
1: No matter what sport, too, when you have a team that makes a deep postseason run, as the Hawks did a couple of years ago, and then they fall below expectations that next year, it creates a it raises the focus in the off season. And mm-hmm. so maybe they need to tighten up a, a, a little things. And so, you know, creates a little bit more hunger uh, after that uh, drop-off season. So the uh, Hawks to win the Southeast division at plus plus one seventy. JVT, you talked about it. The, uh, the heat under 49 and a half on the wind total. And also a little bit of a shot, not your favorite you kind of had to twist your arm a little bit, but the 76ers to win the East at seven to one or to win the NBA at 14 to one. And just don't forget Just because the season starts, these futures are just getting started. So, anything else that we missed when we talked about the East? Are that maybe something to look for?
0: So, I I would say two things really quickly. One is, you know, a lot of people, Jimmy, are asking, like, hey, excuse me, how many, uh, how are these teams? going to handle the tanking, right? Because Victor Wambanyama, Scoot Henderson, one of the twins, uh, the Thompson twins, I believe, at the top of this NBA draft. And a lot of people believe that there's going to be quite a bit of tanking. And these teams that have these win totals in like, you know, the low 20s, how do you handle those? I think that's looking at it the wrong way. I think what you want to do is look at teams that are on the fringes that might have just a slightly poor season that would then make them reevaluate their year. And actually, staying in the Southeast Division, the Charlotte Hornets are a team that you should circle. The Hornets are LaMelo Ball injured at the start of the year. We'll see if there's anything in terms of missed time for Mazumbo forward. But they're a team that's win total is about a half. They are a team that I don't expect to be very good at any way, shape, or form. So if the Hornets are a team that you're looking around and let's say it's like mid-January, early February, they're like in 11th, 12th place in the Eastern Conference. It's not going very well. That is a team that I think you're looking at betting under their win total, looking to invest, and it's a high price, but looking at invest to invest to them to miss the postseason because that's a team whose season can fall apart relatively easily and quickly, and they could want to tank. So alt-unders, if that's available at Bet Rivers, I'm not sure if that's uh, that is. Uh, But I think that's the way you want to look at this from the tanking standpoint. Look for teams that are on the fringes whose seasons could fall apart pretty quickly and they don't have that much room to go down in the standings because they want to get one of those guys. Uh, And I would just say, too, Uh, Look out for the Pistons. Uh, They are my guilty pleasure this year. I I like that team a lot. I like the core that they have built. Uh, I love Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bey, uh, Jaden Ivey I think fits really well with what they want to do. And they added veterans, key veterans that are going to help them out, and Alec Burks and uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. Uh, I would look out for that uh, Pistons team to maybe make some upward movement uh, in the standings this year for sure.
1: Yeah, 29.5 was their win total. I mean, that seems – I mean.
0: That's, that's kind of it might be by low right at
1: the beginning of the season there, uh, JVT. Well, for
0: sense. what it's worth, I made it 31, like just over 31. Uh, so, like, if, like, I wouldn't say no. Like, I wouldn't shout you down at betting over 29 right. and a half with the Detroit Pistons. Uh, I really believe in that squad. They got a lot of good talent. And, and uh, by the way, they showed a lot of good development last year. They might have gone 10 and 14 post All-Star break, but they were 18 and 6 against the spread. And remember, they had covered 14 out of 15 games. Like, they yes. were really competitive last year.
1: It's a good sign uh, for a young yep. crew uh, deep in the season. All right, uh, for JVT, I'm Jimmy Yod here on the Bet, uh, Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.